and forgot about my rap. You're not a serious family friend. You are acting like Johnny Depp. Doing from exponential potential to not being able to pay for the rental or even a bill from the dent on the house. That for your mental. I've been through hard times too. This situation demands I bring the hard rhymes through. That's why I'm hard times too. Is that an odd form? I don't know. I'm not an odd critic. But I can sure as hell tell you that that's a crime. Saw serious biz, no time remains for the cattle defecation. You spitting right in this brand. What the f? Okay, here we are. My 50th attempt tonight to get a decent mic check out of equipment that served me well right up until now. Welcome to episode 67 of Breakup Gaming Society. I am your host and friend, Inquisitor Cinnamon Apple Cheese Dick. This is Breakup Gaming Society. I'm going to tell you about my life in three snapshots. One, what I'm drinking. Two, what kind of games I'm playing. Usually board games, but not this time. And then third, I'm going to put you on to, uh, I'm going to dig in the crates of my mind and, and come up with a fun old hip-hop track for you to play. And also tell you why I think you should play it. But first, yeah, we got a sponsor. So I, I want to thank, hold on, I have to, uh, shit, to look at the can again. Hold on. We want to thank our sponsor. Uh, Trap Queen Crab Remainders. Trap Queen is the brand. Crab Remainders is the product. Um, it can be found in the seafood section of your better dollar stores all over the American Southwest. It's, it's a staple here at the Breakup Gaming Society studio, and we do hope you'll give it a try for its sauciness, its unexpected crunchiness, and its general air of mystery. Once again, thank you to our friends. At Trap Queen Crab Remainders, episode 67. What is there to look forward to? I had a bottle of mezcal and wanted to do something different than I usually do with it. So I asked a local bartender, what do I do with this? She had a good idea. I'm going to tell you what she told me. Then this goes right into Game of the Week. Uh, Game of the Week was me playing trivia via phone from about 1 to 4 in the morning with an equally drunken friend from Denver. And despite our mutual inebriation, the game is taking on more structure, challenge, and fun. I'm going to tell you about that real quick. Then lastly, going to sing the praises of Mr. Eric Sermon, a.k.a. the Green-Eyed Bandit, who was one half of EPMD, and who forged a damn fine production track record in the years that EPMD came to prominence and the hit squad gathered around them. So that's it. You're going to get a drink. You're going to get a, a game, kind of. And you're going to get a track, definitely. Does that work for you? Good. Let's proceed, shall we? Here comes Drink of the Week. Having found a pretty good price on a bottle of Illegal brand uh, uh, Mezcal, I bought one, got it home, and just had it in my mind. It's like, I'm not, I, don't, I don't feel like just sipping this straight tonight. I want to try a, a new cocktail. This is where I stop and thank my homegirl, Adriana, a.k.a. China, one of the bartenders at the Market Bar on Commercial Street right here in Trinidad, Colorado. I was just walking through the food court, seeing who was around, because I know a lot of the vendors there, and... I let her know. I said, I have a problem. I got a, I got a bottle of Miss Cal. What should I make with it? She's like, 
Make yourself a cantorito. Me, not knowing what that is, says, it's a cantorito. And she says, get yourself some squirt, the, the grapefruit soda. Get yourself some salt and some limes. And she told me what to do. And I was like, you know what, that, that works. So I went to Safeway, got the stuff, got it home, and uh, promptly messed up my first pour. Why? I tend to overpour and go above the recommended measurements sometimes on a recipe cocktail, cocktail recipe, because, you know, I like, I like to get a wallop of the booze and then other stuff, but that was a mistake in this event because the mezcal overpowered everything. So I tried it again, this time making sure I balanced it correctly with the, uh, the, the recommended amount of fresh lime juice. Now, there were a lot of fancy recipes I saw online for uh, cantaritos, but I was like, you know what? The Trinidad way is good enough for me. So th- that's what I made, and uh, you can go look it up and get the proportions. Some use orange juice. Again, this one was only four ingredients. Salt rim with the grapefruit soda, the lime juice, and the mezcal in the glass. And once I got it balanced, it was delightful. Adriana told me a cool story, like, like you know, you know, I guess, you know, family, or she didn't say who, who it was. Or they talked about, you know, towns in Mexico where they, you know, when they'd get together for a neighborhood party, they would just make entire punch bowls of this stuff. And I was like, that sounds nice. I'm going to take a little bit of that spirit of conviviality home and stir it up at home. And, um, yeah, drank them all night. Great drink for a summer night, the Cantorito. Again, as told to me by Adriana, squirt, mezcal, salt, and, and fresh lime. The fresh lime is important, but you may find other more involved recipes with more complex tastes. But I found one that I liked, and I'm going with it. It's my, it's my new thing for summer. Thank you, China. It's all serious biz, no time remains for the cattle defecation. You spitting right in this brand, what the f- So when my grandmother died several years ago, one of the things I got when they cleaned out her townhome in Chicago was her household edition, which was played by lots of members of my family, of, I believe, the 1986 Genus edition of Trivial Pursuit. I, I have it now. The board well-worn, cards are still all there, questions just as hard and obscure and 75% of the time ridiculous. I really think if you want to be good at that game, it probably helps to hold a graduate-level degree in something circa 1976 from a pretty good school. But that doesn't stop me and my buddy in Denver, Augustus Crimes, from once in a while calling each other when we're drunk. And after a few minutes, he's like, you ready? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what we started doing was just reading each other questions off the cards in the box. Now, the first version of the game, and that incidentally was the same night I discovered the Cantorito, was pretty ridiculous because we made the ground rule that any time you got any kind of question wrong, you drank. I don't remember the end of the game. I only saw the wreckage of the tri- the cards and the glasses and everything on my counter in the morning, which I think is the social media thumbnail for this episode. We did it again a week or two later. I just called him on a hunch. I was feeling chatty. I was all liquored up. He picks up. We play again. And this time we're like, yeah, the, the, the drink every question wrong is, is that. 
yeah, that's a little that's a that's a little advanced. So we we made it so if if you got three wrong in a row during your turn, you drank, and it was uh, and it was other dudes' turn, and we. And well, when we'd select the topic, you know, there's six categories of questions, and I just roll the dice for both of us, and just and just pull a a question that matched the number indicated anything from sports and leisure to arts and literature and whatever else, and uh, that worked out pretty good. And a couple nights ago, we did it again, and and Crimes had another idea, and I, I don't remember all the ins and outs, but it was a way to structure the three strikes, one drink, and you're out into a sort of a points and rounds thing. And uh, he rinsed me the first game. I edged him out the second game, and then he came up with a tiebreaker idea, at which point uh, things kind of went south because I think we started uh, syncing up uh, Mozart songs on our computer and listening to them drunk. And I think that happened... I don't think we ever actually say goodbye to each other. There's at one point which some, a couple things will happen. He'll just sit down and start playing the electric keyboard in his room. And we'll stop talking. And that's one way you know that, that, that the game's over and so's the night. And yeah, Or sometimes somebody just goes, I can't do this anymore. And they just fucking hang up. And you realize that's that. And you're too hammered to be offended. And then you, once you're talking to the dead air and you come to your senses a little bit, you realize, you know what? I couldn't go on either. But there you go. A trivia pursuit for uh, Gen X Dipsomaniacs. Goes good with a Cantorito or seven. Coming up, we are going to rock out with some Eric Sermon. It's all serious biz, no time remains for the cattle defecation. You spitting right in this brand, what the f- So the year is 1993. And uh, Eric Sermon and Parrish Smith, who have been known to the hip-hop fans of the world as EPMD from Long Island, I believe, just fallen into a pretty serious feud. Now for you scrubs and test tube babies out there, EPMD had a 3-4 album run going from the late 80s to about 91 that uh, you know is part of the spinal column of New York hip-hop. For my money, the best of them all was uh, their third album, um, Business as Usual. That's the, one, that's the one where they really blossomed. But someone else blossoms along the way. And that's Eric Sermon is both a producer and a, and a, a rhymer, albeit making friends with his own style and his own limits. So he he releases a debut album coming off his feud with Parrish Smith called No Pressure. And this is one of the fun things about the 90s, even when it seems like 25 different dudes in the studio are raiding the same pile of samples. You still have a producer that has a voice, a sound. Now, over the time that uh, EPMD starts attracting you know their hit squad posse which included you know Keith Murray K Solo Redman and I believe Dos Effects rolling pretty strong by the way they broke Redman on that third album they put a song that just featured him on it called Hardcore people went nuts as a matter of fact it's still a common contention among a lot of heads that 
Red Band outshone the rest of the album with his track, but you listen and judge for yourself. But, you know, one of the things that starts to evolve around the Hit Squad production production style is Eric Sermon's penchant for uh, Parliament-style big, thick, heavy funk samples, which, by the way, was also very popular, as we know, uh, on the West Coast with, you know, Dre and others uh, making the, you know, what, the, what they called the G-Funk sound. And they're, they're going at a lot of the same sources. Yet you would never mistake an Eric Sermon track for G-Funk. So, you know, one of the things I'm going to throw the spotlight on today, actually the one thing, is a song off his 93 solo debut called Do It Up. Now, for this first part, I just want you to listen to the beat. It caught my ear for a couple reasons. There's the depth of, of like, the backing track and the weird, you know, there's what sounds like a sample from maybe a left-hand keyboard figure. I'm just guessing. But it's kind kind of murky. It's weird. It's mysterious and propulsive all at once. And then, I don't know whether it's, uh, snippets from the same sample or he's laying something else over it there's also these uh, uh, beautiful atmospheric touches hovering right above it all with this you know, big big echoey clap snare that has all, just a lot of space in it and it just sounds killer you know, I th- you, know, you think you've heard it all and then something else comes up on shuffle I had to stop my day and go what the hell is this there you go so that was the intro to do it up now let's talk for just a little bit about Eric Sermon as a rhymer. I believe, you know, in the 87, 88, when they dropped their debut, I believe he was one of the only, if not the only, dudes who made good with record sales with a minor speech impediment. You can hear it sometimes in, in uh, the way he uh, kind of struggles with his, uh, his, uh, his R's and L's. Even I think there's even a bar back in where he even acknowledges it. He goes, "Yeah, I, you know, I have a speech impediment. So what? I'm still dope. I'm rocking it." And he also has, although no one would probably put him on an, even their top twenty list of MCs. He did have his own thing, and he trusted it, and he stuck to it. And one of the things he does, and this is other MCs did this, but I love the way Sermon did it. Is just stopping in the middle of a bar, sing some notes of something very badly, and he knows he's off-key, but it's just part of his shtick. I, I, like, I like the way Sermon does it. And also, uh, he just sounds incredibly relaxed with his meter and the way, and the way he slides over the track. Um, he's, he's having fun, and he's sounding good, and he's not trying to do anything else except for what Eric Sermon does, and I, I draw some inspiration from that. 
in my own small way I do my craft to, to what degree I do, which is just to trust your voice and, and, and do your thing and let, and let that be good enough. Be the best you you can be. Yeah, that's what he did, and it sure as hell worked on Do It Up. Here's another uh, sample that uh, shows you how much fun he's having on the mic and how loose he is. Yeah, something stronger than brass smoking. What the flavor I be kicking? Dope, like my horoscope. A Sagittarius, no joke. The rapper dynamite with the blow like Mike. Who am I? Right, right. Can you believe it? Even Stevie Wonder can't see it. I'm catching wrecks, so beat it. Yo, I contour my lines to pick a funky rhyme to pick you like a pair of carbon crime. Mad brother with distinction, keep the doors blinking and have the homeboys thinking. I'm the man of the hour, of the hour. I found He-Man, Jack the Forest Power. Now I carry a sword, attached by a live cord. Oh my lord, fuck me do it up like this. Fuck me do it up like that. Fuck me do it up like this. That was a second selection from uh, Do It Up by Eric Sermon off his No Pressure LP. Hope you enjoyed it and are inspired to explore that slab and some of the solo stuff he was doing over um, the the following years when he was still hungry to create, but uh, was still mad at at Parrish Smith and wasn't wasn't cutting records with him. I don't think again until the late '90s when they finally uh, patched over the feud and, and got back together. But you know, it's. It, yeah, I, li- I listen to it, and, I, and I don't miss EPMD because he's doing his own thing so well. We're at the end of the episode. I hope you've enjoyed learning how to make and abuse a Cantorito. Um, maybe you're inspired to invent a trivia game on your own with your favorite conspirator. And, and again, at the end, yeah, some Eric Sermon. I have been your host and friend. Inquisitor Cinnamon Apple Cheese Dick with Breakup Gaming Society saying, Thank you for listening, and may you fight long and well. Out of my house. Ah!